0: Mr. Pop.
1: In the words of Buzz Lightyear, you're mocking me, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am.
0: This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Is this thing on? Yes, it is. And it means that uh, rock and roll is Back in the neighbourhood, kids. Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Have we got a lot to talk about. Some probing stuff is coming up in this program. The first thing we're going to probe is Brian Mannix to see if he's alive after his daddy-daughter weekend.
1: Oh, God, Listen to this. Well, I don't get to see her very often. Thank Christ said your liver. Well, yeah, it's a bit like that. But, um, yeah, you've only got... Two and a half days with her. So we go pretty hard and today I'm doing it pretty hard. But anyway, I'll I'd do it all again because I had such a great time with her. So um that was really great for me to have finally somebody from my family come and see my house. So that was great.
0: Fairly advanced for a twelve year old too, Casey, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think she's a bit older than that, <laughs> Kev. I'm not sure. I'll, uh, I'll have to ask her mother, but um, I yes. think she's I think she's older than 12, but I could be wrong. I am not yes. have a clue. No, she most
0: certainly is. A uh, fine young lady is, Casey, but uh, I may have to speak with her about her, uh, her nocturnal habits with you.
1: Well, I think we'd be better if we spent a week together because we could yes. sort of, <laughs> yes. you know, monitor our behaviour. But um, anyway, it was great to see her and... Um, you know, if you're going to feel crook on a Monday, well, that's probably the best reason for feeling crook yep. on a Monday.
0: Yeah, the voice is sounding really good.
1: <laughs> well, I've only had about <laughs> ten hours sleep in three days, so that Max Merritt that,
0: that Max Merritt cover album's looming large.
1: I think I might be doing Joe Cocker at this rate. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the first thing that goes when you don't sleep is your voice, and um, as you can tell. Yes. I haven't had much sleep. So, anyway, now, on with the show. There's more interesting things than that.
0: Yes, there are, and one of them is uh, the man who uh, these days runs and owns, owner-operator of uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in North Caulfield, the tattooed man himself uh, heading on his way to be the illustrated man of Melbourne. It is Mark Fine. Another one today, or, well, on the weekend that we're seeing today. Yep. A, little, a little saint on your, on your calf.
2: Yeah, not that little. No. I, I like it. It's old school in keeping with my tattoos, so. Yep.
0: Very nice. No, I, very um, very uh, classy, I thought. Yeah, yeah, by a really great bloke and a very well-known
2: Australian tattooist called Mark Lording, and he's famous for Australiana. He now operates out of Frankston Tattoo, so if you're going to get a tattoo, well, not in Frankston. <laughs> Everybody else
0: is a man, mandatory down there, <laughs> correct?
1: Uh, yeah,
2: I, got, I got pulled up for not having a tattoo, yeah, yeah. Craigson, but I've set that correct. Um, yeah, you know, some people like getting tattoos from the one artist, I understand that.
0: Yeah, you're not, you're, you're kind of show of the all sorts, uh, you know, the kid in the all sorts liquor shop, aren't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tattoo um, slut is the word you're <laughs> looking for, Kev. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, Brian. Yeah. I was
2: being nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that is that is I.
1: Tattoo <laughs> slut.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I like I like having the artwork of good tattooists and different tattooists and different places. I think I've got quite a few of the best known tattoo parlors in Melbourne now on me. So that's that includes well, I got another one last week. Yeah. Now, I've, had, I've, had, I've had a bit of work since since last week, actually. I've got another asterisk and a little bit of work done at City of Inc. in South Melbourne.
0: Right. Now, City yeah, of
2: Inc. is... Is that yeah, Jake King's? Yeah, Jake King and Toby Mitchell. Yes. Well, you know, you sort of know that Toby Mitchell has a stake in it or owns it. You certainly, you know, he's not there every day, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there I am getting tattooed, and in comes Taby Mitchell with a friend of his, and they are fully tattooed. And I don't know how, but the both of them got tattoos. But he was very friendly. Said good would I
0: wouldn't be asking them which spot they're getting tattooed. Wouldn't have been my line of questioning, Finey. No, 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 no.
2: They found a, they found a bit of a bit of um, what's it called? Clean air. Clash? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um But. Yeah, so it was, he was, well, I, I don't know Toby, but he was certainly very convivial and venial as
1: the host. Oh, so good. That was it, my that was my first meeting with Toby. Is Jake King the, the mostly Richmond, ex-Richmond player? Yeah, the push-up yeah. King. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I play footy with him. Oh, did he play yeah. in that charity game you played with Kathy? Uh, he was... He was in the midfield, doing well, kicked a long bond to me, gave me a tattoo at three-quarter time. It was terrific.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One-stop shop. Uh, uh, good. Now, uh, I mentioned probing and I mentioned news. And I have to I, – I, I did send you a text finding and pre-warned yep. you that I was going to bring this up oh, because yep, – yep. Uh, I've come on, out. A, on a yes, on a uh, another podcast called the Sounding Board, Craig Hutchison, the uh, owner, um, manager, and I don't know whatever he's—I don't know what his title is actually—is
1: that that fat guy? <laughs> That's
0: not a title. Uh, the head honcho of uh, of SEN uh, yep. said publicly on uh, on the Sounding Board with the the podcast he does with Damien Barrett that uh, they had approached SEN, had approached you, and had asked you to come back to the radio station to host, yep. uh, I think it said, uh, the final siren of, or a version of the final siren after the football yep. uh, for this coming 2023 season and you yep. declined. You knocked them back. Yep. Now, you did speak with us privately about this a couple of weeks back and, and we didn't say a word because it, it was not going to be in the public domain, but now that it is, what's the Correct. guts?
2: Okay. So, first of all, I I cannot thank them enough for offering me to come back. You know, I I I think the reputation of maybe Craig and the station is that, you know, it's a new beginning there. Once they took over, it's quite a few years ago now. Yep. But um but sort of the old faces will remain in the past. So I was very flattered and, and obviously, you know I had a big decision to make when they contacted me. So I met with management not with Craig yep and they put an offer to me and um the offer was there was no problems with the offer and they were very professional in the meeting in other words I I, I have absolutely nothing but praise for them and how this was handled and also very flattered that they asked me back uh, the reality is that the deli is you know it's not a it's not a little business we're dabbling in it's actually mm. a it's actually a long-standing sort of institution in the area with a very good clientele and it turns over a lot of money it's a serious business and we intend to take it and build on that very strong base into you know quite frankly into a multi-million dollar business
0: yeah
2: um and that and as I sort of thought at the time as I was discussing the with Etc. That when everything runs smoothly, I think it's doable to do both. But how often does anything run smoothly in a small business, especially a deli? With you know, when you're dealing with food
0: and well, you had steam. but you had issues with fridges and all sorts of things Correct. in the last couple of yeah. weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that really that really brought it home. You know, the immediacy of food and catering, and and as much as no one's going to die of starvation when people prepare for a dinner and having people over, you know, things have to be spot on and and with suppliers and making our own food and stuff. I'm not saying things go wrong, but you have to have some breathing space. You have to have some room to allow to correct things that may go wrong. You can't just be running off doing another job. And remember, it's not just time on air doing the final siren. You have to watch all the football. I mean, this is talk back about football. So I then commit to watching every minute of the game I'm talking about. The initial offer was for Friday and Saturday. Saturday meant watching all the footy. Saturday, in fact, when you're doing Finally you Sign of Sign, you need to watch all the footy. Yeah, absolutely. We'll refer, will refer to games on, you know, from the week before, et cetera. Yep. So I, I um, great, sort of graciously and gratefully knocked back the initial offer, that then came back and said, how about just one night? And that would have been the Friday night. And that was tempting. You know, I mean.
0: But you still have to watch all the games.
2: Friday night is more contained. I always felt Friday night was Friday night. Yeah, okay. You know, watch that game and I can control the discussion a bit. You know, I mean, I follow football anyhow. It's not like somebody's going to. Yeah. Asked me, you know, how about Richmond last week? And I'll say, who did they play? Yeah. You know, I, I, I know what happens.
0: <clears throat> You're not about to go, Jack Rewald. who? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Friday was definitely more doable, but I guess I got into the mindset of thank you but no thank you. And there was one thing that really tipped it. It was just a moment. I had a flashback to about a month before we went to Vietnam that night and, and we were out for dinner, just the two of us. I think after a Thursday night where we work very hard to set the shop up for Friday, which is the busiest day, we go out for a late meal sometimes to the city, whatever, and I just looked at it and I meant this when I said it. I said, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life, you know, working hard, working with her, all the ducks in a row, you know, for me it was very important to get back into work because of the respect you've you want from your kids and your family, yep. and I meant it, and I mean it. I, I just sat there and I said, you know, we're working hard, but we're reaping. We're actually getting a result for the work we're putting in. We're masters of our own destiny. We're about to go overseas, and we really have earned that holiday. And I said, it's the happiest I've ever been in my life. Now, That's nice. I meant it. And when yeah. you say that, and when you say something like that, and it offer comes, along, well. Only a greedy person or a, a – um, it would take a certain type of personality to say I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. Now let's try and be happier. You know, they're, they're, uh, I, think some pe- I, think, I think some people
1: do that in life. Oh, they, they do.
2: And no. they fuck up.
1: Yep. It's funny It's funny you say that, uh, Fonny, because the other week I, I posted this on Facebook and a few things. And it was just something that popped into my head. And I think it's really true. And, and it is this don't expect to be as happy as you want to be. Because yeah. most of the time you're 85% happy. But a lot of people don't appreciate that because they're still looking for that extra 15%. Just there you go. There you and go. I think and, and I think being happy is, yeah, great, but happy is like the ocean. It's high tide, low tide. What the trick is, is to be content.
2: Yeah. Content
1: well, with what you've got, content that, you know, life is going to chuck shit at you sometimes, but you expect that. And, yeah, so I, th- I know exactly what you're saying.
2: Yeah, but if you can sit back and say, you know, because we made a big decision getting the deli, and, and I didn't realise it at the time, but there was a real chance we could have Screwed it up because there's so much involved, but we didn't. We actually, you know, we actually have really done well there. And the the previous owner is a great mate of mine. Just he beams every time he says, "You've done brilliantly." You should be so proud of yourself because it it is a tricky business to just step into, you know, especially making meals and just the whole cycle of supply and and, and shelf life and. All so, of that, and we've we've done it. We, yeah. Worst. So I'm I'm proud and I'm happy and 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 that's enough. You know,
1: yeah.
2: we, I'm not saying it's enough in life because we're really going to do stuff with the business, but that that's enough. And and I now have to say that, um, and I love doing this podcast, and I, we'll we'll keep doing this because it's great fun. But it's not, you know, it's not um, it's not the same pressure that would that nowhere near the pressure of going back to SEN and being back on the public stage, you know, it's –
0: Yep.
1: I, I don't want that. Yep. I've done it. So, and I loved it and i move on.
0: Yeah, good on so,
1: you. So, so when you were watching, you know, every game, what's yep. that about a 22-hour commitment? So <sighs> – Nine games and what, two 27,
0: and a half hours each? Yeah, that's three hours each game by the time you finish it at least. Wow.
2: Yeah. So – What I would do is for the first eight games of the season, say, I would watch every single minute of every game. Wow. And then I would start picking out games that weren't as important because people just wouldn't talk about them. So, you know, teams were starting to bottom out. So I didn't need to watch. Let's say last year I wouldn't have been watching too many games that just involved, say, North Melbourne Gold Coast West Coast, do you know what I mean? Yep. Just not, I'm yep. not going to get a lot of business on that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, I still, I still know the game. I know who the best players were, etc. Um, and I mean, if if and say Hawthorne weren't that relevant, but if say Collingwood were playing North, I'd watch that game because you know, you, and you also know that in Victoria, or at least the other thing was it was national, and that puts a lot more pressure on. Oh, as well.
0: okay. Yep,
2: because because I was able to say, look, I'm just not going to get a lot of trade on the interstate teams, but yeah. I would have, but I would have had to have been so that that actually i was just realising now that was a lot more work too.
0: Yep, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and the Adelaide, uh, the two Adelaide teams, uh, they're very, very. Uh, vocal uh, supporters that they have probably more so than the two Western yeah, and, Australian teams. And I've
2: listened, and I've listened, and they big on talkback and stuff. You know? Yeah, they are. <laughs> and I remember there was a time, just for a short period, where I was at SEN and we were doing South Australia as well, and and you needed to know the sandfall.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: You know, oh.
2: You know, so I, was, I started getting involved in that. I, I, every week, I'd know who who won. You know, I didn't watch the games, but I know I knew every result, every best player, and with special focus on Adelaide and Port Adelaide players
0: who had gone back. Who play across um, other clubs as well? Uh, certainly, in the, sample, the, the yeah. Crows, the Crows players do. Yeah. <clears throat> no, so, well, good on you. Yeah. I mean, and I wanted, I wanted, for a number of reasons, I wanted to bring that up when it became uh, in the public um, arena because. Uh, Got a lot of text and and, and messages and Facebook messages and stuff from people saying, well, can finally talk about it because um, that was, I think, the other reason why you actually even were approached is because there were a lot of people who wanted you back on the radio, not just the the powers that be of the radio station who, you know, obviously finally it dawned on them, but uh, certainly the the public, the the fans. I mean,
2: they put it to me that they're asking me back by popular demand.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean
2: that is oh, flattering. Um, it's very flattering, and I'm and I'm humbled. I really am humbled by it. And I'd love to have been in a position to to honor that 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 honor. You know, I mean, I, I would have loved to have been in a position to do so. But um, I've you know planted my flag in in a different business and. I think it's the right I, I look you know what it's funny in, in somewhere deep inside you so I was really sort of unsettled for a few days trying to make the decision and when I said no the first time I felt sort of becalmed yeah and then they came back and asked me again and then I felt sort of sort of queasy again <laughs> so I think you know you make the right decision when immediately afterwards you feel a bit more relaxed
0: yeah yeah uh, and look, uh, there'll, be, got- there'll be a lot of people who'll have a crack at you and say, "Oh, wouldn't you go back? Wouldn't you do it, do it, do And uh, the, the, uh, I'm glad that you've explained it the way you've explained it tonight, because now I think everyone knows exactly the reasons why. And
2: it wasn't oh, to do with it wasn't to do with money. No, I want to make that very clear. Or did they actually
0: I mean, offer you
1: some? <laughs> well, I mean, if they threw a fortune at you, if they threw a fortune at you. Things are changed at SEN. <laughs> they, they pay you now.
2: Yeah, I'm saying, but if if, if it was a huge amount of money, but it, but it shouldn't be a huge amount of money. So it wasn't a huge amount of money. It wasn't inappropriate what they offered, but no one's just going to pay a fortune for a show after the footy. That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So so it wasn't inappropriate. That's not an issue. Um, but it's just a. a the commitment we've made, not only to the business but to grow the business, and people might think, "Oh, it's a bloody a deli, a, uh, what is it? A milk bar?" No, it's a pretty serious business, I'll tell you. It's a long-standing business, and, and, and it, for people who know it, know it well. It's it's not Trump change, so it's a serious business. And yeah. that, when I say not Trump change, I'm not saying we're making a fortune, but. We certainly turn over a lot of money. And we're learning
0: how to turn, we're learning how to turn that into profit. How very difference. North field of you, funny What's that? We're not making a fortune. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> I, we're not. <laughs> just, I can tell just, you. Just in case the tax man's listening, <laughs> no, 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 no uh, nothing to see here. <clears throat> correct,
2: but but I but I can t- I can tell you. Well, we're not we're not, but but
0: we can. Yes. No. And look. And I mean, you've you've taken over. You mentioned Lenny, and you've taken over a business with a reputation, um, with a long-standing customers who have a, a certain, uh, you know, uh, the things that they want. And and you've come in, and you've got to build your reputation. Now, um, the honeymoon correct. period of being at being Lenny's and you being in there and all that is, is yeah, you know, it's no, now correct, it's correct. now your it's now
1: you and Nat, your names yeah, yeah, on yeah, it. Have you thought about you know, hiring somebody else so that you, you don't have to work as hard, funny because oh, – I've got a great manager. I've
2: got a, a, a bloke called Noel. He's an absolute ripper.
1: Oh. But what about um, the, the little Chinese bloke down the road? Would <laughs> give he, him a job. Come on, Give Fanny. him a job. Come on.
0: <laughs> I, I
1: feel like, it, you know – Put back had, into I, your community,
2: funny. He's a good North I'm, Caulfield boy. No, he's, he's down at on Carlisle Street. Oh, okay. He, he's with the uh, – at the rough, He's at the rough end
0: of Carlisle Street. Um, <laughs> the pineapple end of Carlisle Street. Yeah, and it is
2: rough down there, yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, I know. You do not leave your car unlocked down yeah. that end.
0: Uh, was, um, someone will example, stick their head in and offer you something. Well, I've had something stolen
2: out of my car right in front of his joint, actually, but before I ever knew him.
1: But um, you couldn't. But you couldn't recognise who it was because he had the two dollar disguise kit on <laughs> from the rejects shop.
2: No, I knew who it was, yeah. and I went in front of them. They, I knew exactly where they were. Hmm. They stopped. They stopped my charts out of my car because I oh, the window. Oh God!
0: Yeah. Good God! And I went in front of them. Well, I. This is the only place that you'll hear Mark find in a broadcasting sense. Uh, is yes. is is this podcast, and we're we're really we're delighted with that. I'm I'm delighted that you 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 know find time to do this. Oh no, well, this is fun. Well, it's, I mean, it's I'm pretty- not saying
2: that wouldn't have been fun either, but you know this yes. is sort of self-contained. We can do it, and um, well,
1: I have to I listen to it- a bit. Of, I have to listen to a bit of music. Some of it can <laughs> horrific. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's very flattering to you and me, Kev, that. He's got been offered this really good job on radio, <laughs> where they're going to pay him shitloads, and he says, nah, I'll just do rock and roll with Kevin Bryan." So yep. thank you, fine. It. It's, yeah, it's very good. flattering for us. That's it is basically
2: what I said.
0: Yeah, it is also part of his parole agreement. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the, commi- <laughs> the community service. Yeah, 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 and the AVOS don't let him go into that part of uh, South Melbourne these days anyway. So you know, he can't. He couldn't be going into their building. is
2: Isn't it anyway. strange that they've the community service is to do the very podcast that got me arrested in the first place. <laughs> <time.
0: laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Hey, yeah. Uh,
2: any- yeah, talk to <laughs> me yourself for a moment because I've lost my sheet of paper with the uh, music on it. So oh, well,
0: uh, while you're doing that and finding that, I will read people the top 10 from this 4BC chart uh, from uh, March 2019, 66. Number 10. No Matter What Shape by The (laughs) T-Bones. Number nine, The Tennessee Wolf Song by Ray Brown and The Whisperers. Number eight, Women by The Easy Beats. Number seven, Lies by The Knickerbockers. Number six, My Generation by The Who. Number five, Barbara Ann by The Beach Boys. Number four, My Love by Petula Clark. Number three, Double Sided, 19th Nervous Breakdown and As Tears Go By by The Rolling Stones. Number two, Listen People by Herman's Hermits. And the number one song on March 20, 1966 on the 4BC chart in Brisbane was These Boots Were Made for Walking by Nancy Sinatra. Nancy Sinatra. A lot of Aussies in this chart, an awful lot of Aussies, a lot of awful Aussies and an awful lot of Aussies uh, in this chart. Uh, Got um, the Purple Hearts. We've got MPD, which is, of course, uh, the old band that uh, Mike Brady was in. Uh, Billy Thorpe's got one in there. Normie Rowe's got a couple uh, in this. The Seekers have got a couple. Uh, who else have we got Australian wise? Uh, let me have a look here. There is a couple of others, I think. Normie Rowe again. Ray Brown and the Whisperers. We mentioned the Easy Beats have got one in there. Yeah, so a lot of Aussies there, which is good. Nineteen
1: sixty. I actually, I actually caught up with Normie Rowe the other day. Did you? We did a shoot for Woman's Day. Oh, this is you Um, and Caddy and Rowie, is it? Me, Caddy, Rowie. I think Russell Morris was in it. He didn't show up to the shoot, but they probably filmed him at his joint. And um, yeah, so that was really cool. And um, what's the White Shoe
0: Brigade of the rock and roll industry on the Gold Coast?
1: Well, I don't mind because I'm the youngest. I feel like I'm about twenty. Oh, what a pain in the ass! You would have been a baby in that group. Yeah, I know, but you know, look, I remember being at primary school singing ooh-la-la, you know I'm in grade two ooh-la-la. or grade one. Ooh. And yeah, now here I am hanging out with the guy that's sang and I'm thinking, hey, how cool is this? Yeah. Yeah, well I,
0: they'd all be seventy. They're all in their seventies.
1: Yeah, I'm just i I'm just a spring chicken compared yeah. to them. It's fantastic. Yep. And caddy's good value. So, oh, caddy's
0: caddy's um, fabulous value.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and they're funny. So um
0: Normie's a really yeah. good bloke. Normie is Normy is a really good human being. Normie's had a lot of shit happen in his life, and he is a really good human being.
1: Well, it was, it was good actually because I was asking him about, you know, Vietnam and oh. what you know, and he was in the you know, the armoured division and uh, you know, personnel carriers and you know, I was saying, yeah, you know, the M sixteens, they kinda of jammed in the in the weather I guess that's what we were saying with Finey the other week. The A 47s because the wood worked a lot better. But Normie said, no, nah, no, nah, we had the big ones. Boop, 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 those ones. Uh-huh. That you know, with a bullet about three inches big in it. So, um but it was really interesting talking to him and he, he looks terrific and yep. still still working and doing well. Yeah, so no, he's doing well.
0: And Caddies, uh, I just saw I saw on Facebook uh, today, yesterday, I think, The Caddy's got some dates coming up that he's doing. I know he often does a little uh, sort of string of dates with Glenn Shorick, but I think these are um these are just
1: him. Yeah, he's coming down to Melbourne, I think. Yeah. Is that right?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what they were. I think it he might be doing a Mimo uh, one of the um mus- the MIMO musical gig. Yeah. That's or that's the Bar, one of the two, it's one of them.
1: Yeah, look well, good on me. That's terrific.
0: Now I want to bring this up. Ten years since the Essendon drug scandal. God, the paper or the papers so the Herald Sun's gone very hard on that. As a, uh, they've got podcasts about it, they've got bloody um, a series running through the paper of uh, you know all the interviews that were done at the time and all that sort of stuff. Um, Finny, you were you were in the, in the middle of this. You were on SEN, and it was what Man everyone deep. was talking about.
2: What not- deep? I got I got some. Key interviews I had in the studio the 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 guy who was the compounding pharmacist who actually made the made all the drugs right. He, I won't name him, but yeah, you can but I'm, I'm going, I'm going to check. But, but he was very interesting. I had Essendon players, I had coaches. I was knee deep in it and. I think I've got a pretty good handle on how the whole thing happened and how it all went down and all the personalities involved. So you can ask me anything.
0: All right. So I'm going to ask well, you a, well, a, a really simple – I can pretty well tell you what happened. Brian, no, Brian, no, will have a, Brian will have an Essendon point I've, of view. I've, I've just got an, an independent – I've got a question.
1: you. Yep, go ahead. it. Right, just an
0: independent observer's point of view. Are we any closer to knowing exactly what happened now than we were 10 years ago when it first broke?
2: I don't I, I think the trail's gone cold, but I think – I can tell you what happened. I can put it into fairly – If you want the the short version?
0: Yeah, give me the short version. Give us the short version. All right. Then, Brian, you can ask your question.
1: That'll make it a longer version, but okay. (laughs) Fair (laughs)
0: enough.
2: So we have an era in football before the soft salary cap where clubs are trying to get an advantage off-field because you can't do it on-field because every team, you know, you can't overpay players. So you're trying to get an advantage off field. And part of that advantage cycle is the basic precept is concept is this. You get a young footballer into the system, out of the draft, he's 18 years old, but you've really got to wait four to five years before he's got the sort of mature body that can match with his ability and, you know, he can become a champion. We we know exceptions to that rule, but basically you want them in the system three or four years before they really are starting, you know, they could be their superstar best. That's the that's the idea, and bigger players, especially. So can we start, can we use some sort of technology? Can we pay more to speed up that process? And the way to do it is by supplementation combining gym with the sort of supplements that make bodybuilders bigger. Yeah. Right? It's a murky world because bodybuilders use illegal stuff, but there's legal stuff as well. And these people that are in that world, a guy like Stephen Dank, who's not actually a bodybuilder but made his money by selling supplements to bodybuilders and in that world um, – Start being hired by football clubs, and Dank is the number one man. So long, use him, etc., etc. Yep. Now, a perfect storm is about to happen, and that is that. That is becoming the, the the sort of rumor mill is that that is starting to help teams win games and grand finals. Now, the perfect storm is that Essendon rehired James Hurd. Unfortunately. James Hurd hasn't been involved in football. Oh, they don't rehire him. They appoint him as coach. Um, Rather than going down what would be a wiser path and have somebody that's been in the system for a while, Essendon revert to type and go for a favourite old son.
0: Yeah.
2: Problem is he's been with Jemba, not really involved in football for that long, you know, for that much since he's retired certainly just more a spectator than a hardcore involvement. Gene, James Heard has the idea, whether it's planted in his head or not, that when Collingwood beat St Kilda in the grand final, they were bigger and stronger. They were on some, you know. We've yeah. heard it before. We've heard it with the West Coast when they won flag yeah, the nine that they were bigger and stronger. We've just heard stories. In Brisbane – we jabbed it, you know. So there is a culture that believes that there's supplementation can get you over the line, right? Yep. So James Heard is pretty ripe for what Dank is selling. Now, Dank, through this guy Charters, who has a connection to Heard, wants to get involved with Essendon because it's big money for Charters to – be the person providing supplements to a football team. They're expensive and there's big money in it. And if he can be part of the strength and conditioning regime, then so be it. And and he starts profligating a story, you know, and and makes it believable that follow me and I can short-circuit you to success. Your boys are going to be bigger and stronger than anybody else quickly. Now, the, the, to me, the biggest key moment in this whole thing was the first time he met James Heard. It was up North Queensland at a resort. Charters is there. He knows Charters. They're sitting by the pool, Charters and Dank, and James Heard is walking to them. And as he's walking to them, now this is a fact, this was brought out in evidence um, and corroborated, Dank goes to Charters, he elbows him and he goes, just make sure um, that you... You go along with the story and you agree with and make him believe the Collingwood were on the gear when they won the flag. Get on. Get on. In other words, in other words, make it believable that it can happen. Now Dank deals in this world. He deals the, the problem then becomes that what is illegal and legal changes every day. Yep. And Dank and Dank more than anybody, and I used to actually go to gym a lot and, and one you know for ten years and I I I knew bodybuilders and I know them well. And there is a, a fight that Asadic traces its tail or Wadi chases its tail with what's legal and illegal. In other words, Dan can prescribe products that are yet to be blacklisted or, or on the illegal list, but have the same attributes as things on the illegal list. And he's one step ahead of the game because WADA is a slow-moving creature and ASADA actually was incompetent for most of its existence and was going to be closed down in a Senate inquiry at one point because of its – did you know that before this all blew up, um, the only convictions that ASADA had had in Australia, or 98% of them, were positives for – a Illegal substance, but it was actually all used by lawn bowlers who were who were septuagenarians, and it was heart medicine. I mean, that's how pathetic they were. So then, this perfect storm occurs. Right, the government is floundering; they're looking for a diversion, and yes, they are convinced by a couple of ministers, the justice minister and the sports minister, that there's something fishy going on because there's a dank trail. And they come up with the darkest day in sport on the steps of Parliament that has put the fear of God into the AFL and the fear of God into other sports, and uh, it's a diversionary tactic by the Gillard big, government, She's struggling to hold a leadership. But whatever it was, it was a diversionary tactic. Knowing yeah. how big sport is in Australia, you come up with this statement and you know that all hell's going to break loose.
1: Well, the heads of sport didn't even know why they were there until they announced it, as I understand
2: But they were shitting themselves, absolutely shitting themselves, you know, from Dimitri and Fitzpatrick through to other sports. So the darkest day in sport was basically two things. It was the dank trail that led to Essendon. And I don't know if you remember, but the other thing that was a huge thing was this betting scandal on soccer. Now, that was the most, an utter embarrassment for the justice minister who later had to resign. It turned out that this huge gambling thing on soccer, in fact, occurred in Hong Kong at the end of one of their race meetings. Because what happens over there is, you know, they bet a fortune on the races, but there was a soccer game between Manchester United and Chelsea or Arsenal that night. And all the punters stayed back at Sha Tin to watch the soccer. And in between the racing and the soccer, the only thing to bet on was the A-League.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
2: God. Multi-million dollar. In fact, they made a huge mistake because they said, you know, there was this huge scanner because there was $200 million waged on a soccer game. Well, they had to apologize because it was $200 million Hong Kong, which immediately brought it back to, like, $20 million or $30 million Australian. Yeah. And then they found out that that was completely normal at Sha Tin, given... Anyhow, so that was an embarrassment. But back to Asada and Wada and Essendon. So what then happens, sorry, it's not as quick as you thought, but I'm telling you this is pretty pretty accurate. I
1: don't don't know if I'm going to have time for my question now, but anyway, (laughs) keep going.
2: But then what happens is that the AFL panic and are threatened by Asada that we're going to pull the team out, you're not going to have a full competition, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah.
2: And they broker a deal that says – you know what, we'll give you James Heard, but don't punish the players because we need 18 teams for our TV contract and for the integrity of the competition. And they actually broker a deal with Hurd. And the deal is take a year off, you'll be stood down for a year, full pay, over a million dollars, and we'll pay for you and your family to go to France and you can do the studies there that you want to do. And it was all agreed, done and done. Somehow, after the agreement, I think James Heard's wife said, you know, that's not acceptable because that still paints us as the guilty party. And James Heard leaks the information to his mate Robbo. So it, it suddenly becomes the Herald's son and James Heard with the age receiving through Caroline Wilson all the information from the AFL.
1: Oh shit. I know Brian. My Ridinger. sources tell me, yeah, I've got sources bloke at the pub, you know, sources are now,
2: shit. Now what Mark Robinson does then is write an article about the deal that was broken. Part of the deal was that it was to be kept completely stum that the AFL was involved and that Hurd was getting it, the it was supposed to just be Heard's the punishment is Heard out for a year. Yeah. But Robbo Told the full story that he was getting full pay and this trip to Europe for his him and his family. Right. Demetria went completely berserk. Con- rang up Robbo in the middle of the night and said, You will never work in this fing industry again. You fucking went public, you betrayed me, you fing embarrassed me, etc. 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 is a tough bloke, stood his ground, told him to get fed.
1: Good on you, um, Robbo.
2: And then on the other side, the age is writing derogatory stories about Essendon, um it becomes this personality battle between Demetriou and Hurd more than real and the players end up suffering as a result. You know, they end up getting penalties and stood down and the whole thing's a bloody disgrace. But in reality the AFL blinked when they shouldn't have when yep. Asada when Asada came after them. They should have told them, go and get f***ed. They really should have told them, your whole system's shonky. We'll do our own drug testing, thank you.
1: Mm.
2: You know, Asada was just trying to justify
1: its existence
2: complete, a, yeah, its existence and a complete shot in the, you know, shy at the stumps by the Gillard government to try and look like they were the saviours of Australian sport. The whole thing really was... A beat up, but the one thing is, right? Here's what yeah. I say. The governance. The the problem is this. James Heard throughout this maintained his innocence because he said, I told Dank, do whatever you can to improve the players, but don't step over the line and break the law, the break the rules, right?
0: Yeah.
2: And Heard said, Well, if he did that, that's not my fault because I instructed him not to. And I compared it to saying to somebody, to doing this, to saying to Walter Millett, can you drive this busload of backpackers up to Brisbane? And when the bus arrives there and there's no backpackers on board and somebody says, how could you have let Ivan Malat drive backpackers up to Brisbane? You say, but I told him
0: not to touch them. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be laughing as hard as I am because that is, that, that is a ludicrous um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, comparison, but it's, it's actually bloody factual, yes.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't say to Dank, yeah. don't do the wrong thing and yeah. then say, when he does, and then say, so did Dank do the wrong thing? Well, he did. You know why we know he did? Because he destroyed all the records. Now, whether he actually did the wrong thing, I don't know. But you've got to keep accurate records of all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can't just go injecting people and then run away and say, and mean, not re-
1: and not remember whether you've injected Dustin Fleming already today or you got to give him another one.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, so it
1: was a mess. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the big another big. But Stake was he also had vanity drugs, you know, stuff that made you look suntanned and this and that.
1: And, and gives and, you
2: spontaneous and, erections. And what? James Heard and the non-playing staff all got involved in that, yeah. so it looked like a bit of a drug den. You know, so yeah, so that was a bad look. But the players were completely innocent of any wrongdoing. Yep. Um, you know, and some of them suffered so terribly in their lives. Oh.
1: How yeah. Job Watson, how's Job Watson feel these days?
2: Correct. Yeah. Job yeah. Watson. Yeah, you, know, you know, where I get where I got quite a few of these tattoos is Carlisle Street Tattoo. Do you know who runs who owns Carlisle's Tattoo? No. Mm, no. Hal Hunter. Remember Hal?
1: No. I remember Hal Todd.
2: Oh, well, yeah. No, well, shit. No. Hal Hunter was the Essendon player. He actually never played seniors, but he was part of, he was on the list when this happened. Oh, okay. And he took Essendon to court. Ah. And lost. And Essendon countersued him.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, it's it's not, it's on the public record that James um, uh, attempted suicide. Yep. Yeah, um, so
2: it, it, yeah, it's a terrible story, but the, you know, it was driven by a desperate government, handled yep. by an incompetent drug enforcement agency, but made possible by a naive. Th- this is the the snapshot made possible by a naive coach and a shonky um, supplement peddler.
1: Yeah, Brian, well, your question. Okay, tell me where i am go wrong here, Finey, because you've got a better handle it on it than me. But my understanding is the drugs that they were taking, as you said, Dank was always ahead of what was banned. It was legal at the time when they took it. Yeah, uh, probably. And, oh, no, and, not yeah, necessarily
2: nice. legal but not listed as illegal.
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah so, yeah, so therefore at that point it was legal. So there's no, no problem that's, there.
2: that's not correct
1: because – I'm wrong already damn
2: <laughs> well part of the stupidity well I, I don't respect this the way asada and wada run things and that is that this gray area between between prescribed drugs and non prescribed drugs there are drug. there there is this gap between them of drugs that they don't know about yet right yeah yeah well and they and they, it, and they is, legislate is, that if it, you use drugs that they don't know about that later that later test is illegal, that they're even illegal when you use them, even though they are not
1: listed as such. Oh, that's a bit of a bullshit rule, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Robert, no, Robert, no, it Robert, makes perfect Robert,
0: sense. It's perfectly logical. So, not so
1: <laughs> if the is the size that Panadol's a performance-enhancing drug, we're all
0: no, yeah, no, 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 because the they pterodol, know about that. If, the, if the there's a,
2: exists. yeah, if there's a drug, there's things that yeah. things things that they don't know about.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I so, think if they if they don't know about it and they haven't made it illegal, yep. you know that's what their job is. So if you haven't made this illegal, why shouldn't a club do it? But, but you, you know, but you understand, like in the world of synthetic drugs,
2: yeah, that there's a drug. If you look at the chemical formulation of a drug. It's so complicated, but you change one small thing in it. Technically, it's a different drug.
1: But yeah, it's it's like that guy from New Zealand that made all his money making synthetic marijuana and shit. Yeah, and he he just changed one element every Correct. month. Correct. Just a, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, but, and, but uh, along and, those lines, it's it's very similar to that in theory. Well, yeah. and and then they cover themselves by saying that if it. If it later proves to be um, an equivalent of something that's illegal, then it's illegal even if we don't know about it. You just it. said now, the magic word a-
0: then, <laughs> funny It's a covering. It's an ass covering operation.
2: Yeah, yeah but in a, in a way that makes sense. Like I, I understand the theory but, behind that.
1: But isn't, yeah. it their, isn't it their job to give you the guidelines of what you can and can't take? And if they don't tell you you can't take it, well, why shouldn't you? And you know, then then to, then to say, oh yeah, but uh, we've got a hindsight rule—that's bullshit. And I heard, like, what you were saying about Collingwood. I heard the reason we did it was because we heard that Collingwood were doing it. I also heard that Melbourne and the Gold Coast were up to their necks in it. But those teams wouldn't have been able to survive financially if they'd been pulled across the thrown under the bus like Essendon. Demetrio rang up and said, you better get on the front foot. You know, we were sacrificed. And then, really, all that we were guilty of is a lack of governance. Now, okay, and, you know, first of all, they should have gone and said, Geelong had just won a whole lot of grand finals. Well, Dank was the guy down there that we just didn't give a shit about that. So because you so can't. The real sh-
2: victims here are St Kilda who lost the grand final to Geelong and College.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, how go. did you
2: do
0: that? <laughs> you're oh, a friggin' you're a friggin' magician, fine. <laughs> 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 no wonder no wonder if media organizations are after you. But, you just turned that but, into a poor bore bloody St Kilda thing. All that, well, well, we the last you know, 20 minutes you talked, all that, and you, then in finish up, you talk about being a poor St. Kilda thing. Huge <laughs> no. pain in the ass. Yeah, pretty clever. Yeah. No, but, <laughs> but you were guilty of
1: what, lack of governance.
2: Well, yeah, you were also you were. guilty of letting the fox
1: into the hen house. You know, it's like, oh, well, we'll just get Essendon. We won't worry about what Geelong's done. We won't, we'll take Joe Watson's Brownlow off him. You know, I, and you know, how many times do you get punished for the one thing? We got a bomber Thompson, 20 grand thing. Bruce Lee gets fined as well. Herd's off for a year. Okay, fine. We're punished. We're done. No, players off for a year. Oh, made the finals, kicked out of the foot. They punished us five or six times for the same thing. F- in crime, yep, and that's optics, really,
0: Brian. That's that's the that's the new the new thing that organisations do. It's optics. It needs to be seen to be doing something, uh, and whatever is a bad look, they need to do something about.
1: But do you need to do it five times? No, like, yeah, well, they do because because the that's coach, the way it works. Oh, that's just you know, it's like you know, if I go and murder somebody,
0: yep. Well, so, so you have know been cremated five to- times, Brian. So do you know the most
2: interesting thing, which is not spoken about about this whole thing? No, I don't. I mean, it's not like nothing happened. Something happened, Brian, Mm. because at the start of what year was it that it all blew up? That actually it happened. I remember listening actually ten years ago.
0: Ten years ago, this week.
2: Yeah, so two thousand thirteen or whatever. Yeah, I can remember. It was the last time I went to the drive-ins. I went. We were at the drive-ins with the family. must have been in Marks or something. And Essendon played their first practice game the night we were at the drive-in. Do you remember who it was against? No. It was against West Coast. And Essendon were like like 12 goals five minutes into the second quarter. They were ripping them apart. (laughs) Now, now, there is no doubt what happened that year was Essendon came out like a steam train, I think. Mm. But remember... Do you, do you know how the program ended at Essendon? It ended before the AFL or, or Asada got involved. It ended. What was his name? The guy, the strength and conditioning guy, McKenzie or something, or
1: ah, uh, the the weapon. Yeah, the weapon. What a dickhead names himself the weapon. Anya,
2: <laughs> anyway. but you know he got he got released during the year, and the program ended. Do you know why? No. Because of the exact reason why you don't do this, because you can't add muscle mass onto young bodies in AFL football. AFL football is an amazing game because it is this very fine balance. You see you need to be able to run all day, but you also need to have the strength to play contact football. you know you've got to you've got to have the body to be able to withstand the in and under pressure, and also, Run and be mobile. Yep. And you can't add too much muscle mass quickly to a body because what happens? They break.
1: Correct. You get a hamstring injury, or
2: well, that was the soft tissue. Were down. They had eighteen players with hamstrings or quad injuries. Yeah. So, so they abandoned the program because physiologically it failed. Right. There was a program because it, it it tore the hamstrings of most of your players.
1: Well, I've got a Collingwood fan who hates Essendon, mm. and he reckons that Joe Watson was playing fantastic, and then when the drug program stopped, he turned his his game was half as good. Now I don't know whether that's true or not, but no, uh, no. I strongly, well,
0: I strongly, I strongly, strongly doubt that.
1: Look, oh, I stuck sorry. by James Hurd all the way through that, but then yeah. when he when he came back, we're getting our ass kicked, and you're not making any moves. You're not, I just thought, no, nah, you can't coach. I, that's what wanted me to get him out. He's a great servant of the club, but I don't think he can coach. Yep. Well, and I'd know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, well, I'm. A, Listen, guys, you yeah. might, you know, study football and that, but I'm a musician. I think I know a little bit more about what I'm talking about than you guys.
0: The, uh, at, well, uh, we defer to you, Brian. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm
0: an idiot. Yes, you are. Anyway. So I'm going to ask anyway. finally about the Grammy Awards. Seeing that you're a musician, you'll know nothing about this because <laughs> no, quite no, – get well, get,
1: the, get the sporting expert on the Grammy Awards. <laughs> well, because
0: quite frankly, I don't know how much music's involved in the Grammy Awards anymore, but anyway – um, Beyonce won her 32, 32nd Grammy today. Adele why? Was, Adele. Why? Because she was nominated. She'd been nominated eighty-eight times or something.
1: She's. Won I don't th- think she's got one song that I like. And neither was Taylor Swift.
0: Well, Taylor Swift, I, I don't know. I didn't see if she won anything. Uh, Bonnie Raitt won the Song of the Year. Harry Styles won the Album of the Year. And Hang listen, on.
2: Beyonce's got one good song. What's that? What's that? What's that song about putting my finger in your ring or something?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Stinky Finger by Beyonce. It's a beauty. Yeah. And I think Yoko <laughs> Pussy is on the flip side.
2: Oh, I got a bit of feedback about Yoko's
1: pussy. Oh,
0: did you? Yeah, funny. Yeah. Funny about that. So did I. <laughs> yeah, because I forgot oh. a
1: couple of things. Oh, no, don't now. Stop it. I, you, did you? Did Lucky you like? Phil, Lucky Phil thought Yoko's pussy was the best part of last week's
0: show. Well, I got a couple of Facebook messages from uh, of females who said yeah. that they were literally wetting themselves with laughter listening to the last twenty-five minutes of last week's
1: episode. Not a dry seat in the house. No, stop it. That wasn't what I said.
2: I did leave out a couple of things and i got pulled up during the week. I got a phone call and so if I can just clear it up and then I won't ever bring it up again.
1: Right. I can't guarantee that I'll do the same, yeah, but anyway, You Don't know let's, that. Let's hear it.
0: <laughs> Go on.
2: All right. So in 1979, Yoko's Pussy did win the listed medal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Countback? Best and fairest in the VFA. <laughs> Countback? <laughs> <Or not. laughs> well, I just, get... I just wanted to clear it up.
0: Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's apparently been the problem. Um... And Yoko's Pussy in 19 – I know this sounds ridiculous,
2: but if you do remember 1984, Yoko's Pussy was king of Moomba.
1: Right. Yeah, that's Right. And if you're really talking about the Grammys, Yoko's pussy won three Grammys today: best album, best video, and best vagina. So check that out.
0: What What more could you ask for?
1: I just needed a third one. I didn't have anything. Yeah, I know. Um,
0: (laughs) I I told you the episode wouldn't be called that, so I thought I thought we got away with the episode title very nicely.
1: I thought it was very good.
0: Yoko's legacy.
1: I thought it was one of our better episodes, actually. It was very
0: funny. It was. De-
1: cool. was
2: between the Yoko, it was between Yoko's legacies.
0: <laughs> correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. Uh, all right. Now, uh, Brian, can you fire up the uh, the death thermometer? What do you call it? The death eliza?
1: The death eliza. Okay. Fire Ladies it up. And gentlemen, now it's time for Baba Baba. The death eliza.
0: And at the age of 75, Cindy Williams died. Now, I don't think I mentioned her last week or the week before. Oh,
2: that's Laverne, Shirley.
0: Shirley, yeah, from Laverne and Shirley. Um, She was cute. She was cute. Yeah, she was, 75 she was, and uh, she was in quite a few really good films before Laverne and Shirley came along, and then Laverne and Shirley was obviously like Happy Days and uh, that a monster show, Um, and
1: she was very good in it. Very good. Very rootable. Okay. Who else is dead, Dev?
0: Um, Paco Rabanne died at the age of 88, the Spanish designer, and, uh, you know, uh, did the clothing and the uh, and the aftershave there, Brian. You probably wear a bit of that.
1: I don't mind a bit of Paco Rabanne. It's, um, it's quite desirable. I thought you would have been one of those. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know how old this man was, but I don't think he was terribly old in terms of I don't think he was in his 70s, but I'm not entirely sure. I couldn't find out anywhere um, what uh, what age he was. But Gary Fenton, um, the uh, very successful Channel 7. Producer? Yeah, he, he passed away after a, oh, an illness, fair. I believe. Yeah, sure. uh, Bruce McAvaney and a, a whole stack of people who worked at the Seven Network uh, give give him and gave him great credit for uh, Gordon Bennett, another one who gave him great credit for some of the innovations that uh, that you know made Seven Sport so good over so many years, um, and he was involved in that. But I, I, th- well, I reckon he I would be in the sixties.
1: I thought Bruce McAvaney's tribute was beautiful. He said, "Oh, he was special." <laughs> Thank you, Brian. <laughs> he was delicious. <laughs> oh,
0: God. All right. So that's uh, the sporting. I did, I, I, you know, I did work for Gordon Bennett
2: at Channel 7 for a couple of years. Did sort you? Yeah, you know, just did stuff for Channel 7 sport and their footy and whatever, just riding stuff. And I actually had the desk next to James Hurd. James wasn't there that often, but when he was there, Absolute ripping bloke.
1: Yep. And when he wasn't there, you'd poo in his drawer. That's what I've heard.
2: <laughs> Not at all. No, I, he's a real gentleman.
0: Well, he is. Um, little I had to do with him uh, when he was doing Pig Jimmy and Roo Boy at, uh, at Triple M. He was, he was a very personable human being. He would always, always had time for the people who turned up and wanted autographs and stuff like that. He was always very good with that,
1: as, yeah, was,
0: as, was, as was Wayne Kerry.
1: Oh, how about, no. How about, no, how about
0: no, 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 no. How about who? <laughs> grumpy, <laughs> grumpy bum. <laughs> grumpy bum couldn't get away from the people quick enough.
1: One uh, of the best ones for doing the autographs, to look at others, is actually Fev. Fev yeah, Fev's good Harris. at that. Yeah, he loves kids and yeah, not, like, you know, just, not in a Rolf Harris sense. But, um.
0: <laughs> actually, I'll tell you who's good at it, who's very good with that, has one rule and, and will not break that rule, but Jason Ackermanis will sign uh, for people too. He just will not, if he's eating, leave him alone. he ought, yeah. just go, no, look, I'm having my, my dinner or I'm having my my food now, so leave me alone, come back later and all I'll be happy to do it.
1: And that's fair enough, I reckon.
0: What would you say, Fanny?
1: You heard. No, I
0: didn't. That's what I'm asking. I said all pussy. <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Are we talking about yoga?
0: <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're done. Uh, well, so- that
1: concludes this yeah. week's episode of Death Eliza. Thank you, Brian. Ba-ba-ba-ba.
0: Quite weak on the Death um, Eliza. You'd know this. You know, Xavier yeah,
2: Harbrow. You know, Xavier
0: Harbrow. That yeah, played he played for, the do- played for the doggies and went to the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Was he managed by Yoko's Pussies for a while?
0: I think he might have been. I don't think yeah. so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not committing myself to an answer to that question. I don't know.
1: It's it's turning into an empire. They've just got their fingers in every pocket <laughs> you can get. Why do you ask
0: that question, Fanny?
2: I just remember seeing Yoko's pussy at the national draft that year. Right.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Was um, in attendance at the Big Bash final on the weekend? Yes, he was. <laughs> right. Um <laughs> It was a, a great good, catch. a good it was a game. Great crowd catch, <laughs> crowd catch. <Yeah>. Crowd <laughs> Actually, catch. a woman did take a great crowd catch at the uh, Big Bash. I haven't watched. I've watched a game all all during the season in terms of a whole game. I've watched a couple little bits, but um, the, the, I've seen the mo- the least amount of Big Bash cricket I've seen in since it's entirety. I think this is twelve, um, but I watched the final, and the final was really good. It was a really good finish young fellow called Cooper Connolly will be a uh, T20 star for Australia in the future.
1: Or just for those who are unfamiliar with the result, who won it? Get-
0: the Perth Scorchers, just for something different, won their f- fifth, I think. I think it's their fifth, fourth or fifth. Big bash final. They beat the Brisbane Heat, and uh, it looked like they were gone uh, several times during their run chase. They were chased 176. Oh, yeah. um, then uh, Turner, who's, who's their captain and uh, certainly one of their best players. Uh, he got them back on track and it looked like they were going to get there and then he got out. And then these this 19-year-old boy called Cooper Connolly, another young fellow called Hopson, I think his name is, um, uh, uh, hardly had played all in terms of uh, made big contributions during the year. Went whack, 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 and it was all over. And uh, they won.
1: quite, uh, well, quite well, they, they looked like they were in a bit of trouble, Kev, but then... When I saw Stephen Dank come out and <laughs> talking, I thought, "No, nah, they'll be all right now. Uh, they'll be good."
0: All
2: and right, he's a, a good quiz question. I think Kevin will get it right, but I'm not trying to embarrass you here. But
1: oh, I can do go, that myself. Yeah, exactly.
2: I think a lot of people would not know the answer to this, and when they heard the answer, they would still not know who I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's a great, some great sport coming up. In the week because there's nothing, I think, nothing better than Australia playing test cricket in India.
0: Yes, it starts Thursday.
2: Yep. So Hazelwood has been ruled out of the first test.
0: Scotty Bowlin looks like he'll
2: play. Cameron Green can't bowl, will probably just play as a bat. There's no Mitchell Stark. Mm -hmm. So there is a chance that somebody's going to make a test debut, which is always exciting. Is that Swepson? No. No, he's played. Has he? Yep. Now, the bloke bloke is going to make his debut. Now, you might have heard of him, Kevin. I'm going to have a bet that even though he's a good chance to play for Australia, I reckon most people have not never heard of him.
1: I've been following his career since he was 12. (laughs) Who is he? Well, I don't want to steal your thunder, fine. (laughs) 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 <laughs> no, look, I, I could tell him, but you know, you started the story, you finish it. Fair enough. Do
0: you know? Do you know who I'm talking about, Kevin? Uh, is it the young
2: spinner? No, 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 no,
1: no. No, Kevin, you idiot! <laughs> no,
0: he's got not spinner. So it must be the no, uh, gonna... it must be the, the the super quick fast bowler from what, w... the fastest bowler in
2: Australia. Yeah,
0: Mo- Norris or Morris or whatever his name is.
2: Lance, Lance Morris.
0: Yeah, yeah, the quickie. Is he going to play? Is he?
2: Oh, he plans. Okay. Yeah, real fans, but I reckon most people haven't
0: heard of him. So it would be between because they were calling him the Wild Thing when they were going to play him in Sydney for the Test in Sydney. Yeah. Now, so uh, my understanding is they're going to go with a uh, two two fast bowlers and two spinners. Yeah, yeah that's probably how they'll do. But if but, you're yeah. but if you're right, and Boland will probably more likely be that that player than more. But if you're right that. Um, that Cameron Green can't bowl. Well, then obviously Travis Head's going to have to bowl, and Lava Shane and Smith are going to have to bowl some overs. Yeah, well, which I is guess, what they did in the last I,
1: test.
2: Yeah, I guess Brian will be happy because we'll, be, we'll be seeing plenty of Head.
1: Mm. Well, I love that. I just hope we won't be seeing plenty of Kawaja.
0: Oh, well, now, now Brian, you've got to come off your, you've got to come off your your stilts about uh, uh, Uzi.
1: Come on. Do you, reckon, only do you make, reckon they could drop him? I would. I just don't like his jumpers. But, <laughs> you know, like all oh, we made Not
2: many get dropped after their last innings being 195 yeah, not out.
1: Not a lot. Well, but. I think for the three innings that he had beforehand, when the test was up for grabs, when the series was up for grabs, and he bought in 11 and he bought in seven and he bought in a one. You know, when it matters, the guy just doesn't perform. We've already won the series. Off he goes. Well, piss off, buddy. Can't handle the pressure. Mm,
0: <laughs> mm, I keep getting messages on uh, on Facebook from uh, listeners to this program going, when's Mannix going to finally admit that Uzi can bat?
1: You want to see by my text machine. My text messages when he occasionally does make a big. Oh,
0: score. you want to see mine? I think I might. I might be on the same feed. Guy just keep getting messages saying, "Is Mannix watching this?" He's yeah. now hundred. When he gets to hundred and fifty, will Mannix change his mind about him? And you know, then he gets hundred ninety five, and you going, "Oh God, here but we go." But how about what he? How about what he did? Because Cummins was wanted
2: to let him bat on to get the double century, and he said no just said, "No,
1: nah, it's better for the team. You declare. What do you think of that, Brian? Uh, no ticket, no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, could have been one more shot. Uh, I'm exhausted, mate. Oh, I've got to have a rest. Uh, yeah, he's actually
0: it. got quite a sense of humour too. I've seen little interviews with him, bits and pieces over the over the last summer, and he was actually quite relaxed and got quite a good sense of humour.
1: He's a Yoko Kev." <laughs> oh, Brian! That's just that's disgraceful. All uh, right, good. All right, good. Pull, About time we did something disgraceful. Pull
0: your paperwork out. Four BC yeah. top forty chart. The people of Brisbane in 1966 voted with their. They went to the Parlings Record Bar in Brisbane, uh, and they uh, and Chandler's. They would, they would have been the two big record bars in Queensland in 1966. Not Nicky Axon's. I used to buy my singles from Nikki Axon's uh, parents' uh, electrical shop up near my house. But I don't think I don't think I troubled the scores with this. I was I was too. You're going to be buying any of this stuff.
1: Where did you steal your records from, Brian? <laughs> I used to go to Retrovision in Glenroy, and my mate used to distract the uh, attendant, and I just loaded into the school bag. Away we go. There you go.
0: Where did you get then- your records from, Finey?
2: Only one place. I used to love going. I loved going into
0: the city as a kid. Oh, okay.
2: All the adventures, Myers Food Hall, the yeah. beautiful ice coffee at Myers, the cordial at Coles, <laughs> Daryl Lee on the corner there. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Food, the fun shop with
0: masks
1: oh. and crackers.
0: And crackers. Oh,
1: Jesus. Now, sorry, Kev, I, I didn't answer that last question probably where did I get my records from? Batting for and cricket team, VFL, running, swimming, all sporting records oh, of course, everywhere. Of course. Still unbroken. Sorry. Still and when unbroken. you woke up? When I woke up, it uh, wasn't pretty. But anyway.
0: Now, I'm uh, I'm going to play my, uh, my hand here. I, I don't have any bad ones.
1: What? no it's it's a tough one to find
0: no, bad ones I don't have any bad oh, ones because my bad ones the the three I picked to be bad ones are actually not that bad and I don't feel that it would be right of me to to call them bad songs they're not bad songs they're just the three worst songs on this chart in my opinion so but they're not bad okay because one of them's you a seeker's song and the seeker songs aren't bad they're just not songs I particularly like so' So I've I've um, I'm going all goods. Okay. But finding you're starting.
1: Yep. With a good or a bad. Starting with a bad. Mm-hmm. Pumped up by Stephen Dank, he's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: He's on something. All right. This one's right up the top of the charts too. Oh yeah, well I, it is a very ordinary top ten, I must admit. A couple of songs in okay. there. Okay.
2: So First of all, if I listen to a song and think I could have written that in five minutes, that's a bad start. <laughs> Number two, this was a band that had some really good songs, but but quickly lost favor. They were supposed to be as big as the Beatles, really. But I guess when you put out bog shot like this, you, you're you're going to lose you're not going you're not going to keep pace with the champions, are you? Just no. reminds me of some of those horses that, those big spruik two year olds that just don't live up to expectations. of Herman's Hermits. Mm.
0: You know? mm. Good point. Good point. Listen, people, is just
2: a really thin song. It's it's like a it's like boarding house soup.
0: Yes. No.
2: Uh, it just doesn't have much to it. You yep. know, it just starts off with listen, people. You know, it's it's a it's bit a, talky. It's not very musical. Yeah, and yeah. and you don't need many instruments to play it and you don't need much talent to write it and I couldn't be bothered listening
1: to it. So. Fair enough. All right. Did, did you watch the film clip, Finding?
2: Uh, yeah, I was watching the film clip. I think that was better than the song, actually.
1: Well, oh, just watching all the people dancing around them, I thought that made it yeah. worthwhile. Like, I was looking at it and I thought, look, it's some young band you know, nineteen twenty came out dressed like this with an audience dancing like that. Yeah. I just thought it was such a cool, daggy look that it would probably work. Don't yeah. know about yeah, the yeah, I probably agree lot- with you on the song, but the look was great.
2: A lot, but Yeah, there wasn't a bit it was good. I remember I did watch it but the song is you know, it's like boarding house soup. It's mm. there's not much in it.
0: I think that's a very good uh, comparison. Weak as more than our soup, my mate used to say who I played golf with. What's your third good one? Third
2: good one, great song, 19th Nervous Breakdown. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: Without tears goes
2: song. I thought it was a golf song. Like you played 18 holes and then on the 19th you have your nervous break.
0: (laughs) Yes. No, very good, very good song. Do you want a golf story? Yeah, go on.
2: My niece, I've just found out, is going out with a very good Australian golfer.
0: Is she? Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I, won't name,
2: I won't name the golfer. He's currently playing overseas, but he's he's played in it, he's played in a, a, a major last year, I think.
0: L-
1: Lucas, Herbert? No, not no. Listen, no. if it's Tiger Woods, it's no nothing special <laughs> for her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to see some nude photos of him? Is it Greg Norman? <laughs>
2: She's very, uh, she's very pretty, my niece, by the way. Uh, okay. But he's a good guy. He's, you know, he's not a superstar, but he's certainly one of our. I don't know if he's not, not, him, it, he Well, does. it's
0: not the mullet. It's not Cameron Smith.
2: No, 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 not a, not that good.
0: Not uh, is his go. first name, Cameron.
2: No, I'll, but, I'll tell you this: he was just playing in a tournament with Cameron Smith, and he finished ahead of him.
0: Okay, I, I must admit, have I haven't been. Pay much attention to the golf. In fact, I spoke to a mutual friend of ours who is a golfer this afternoon. Funny, and Mark Allen, I had a chat too because I'm talking. to oh, him. Oh, how is Mark? He's good. I was, I'm talking to him later in the week because the the Vic opens on this weekend, and then there's some pro-ams he's playing after that. So down in the Geelong area, so I'm talking to him for my Geelong radio show. So, oh,
1: brilliant! Give him my very best. I, love I Mark. will.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a ripping bloke. Really good fellow.
1: Uh, ask him for the twenty bucks he owes me.
0: Why does he owe you twenty bucks?
1: No, I don't get into it. Was a. Down at a brothel, he was a bit short. Take yeah,
0: okay. My <laughs> funniest moment with Mark, Mark and I I, I I don't think I've ever talked to him about it, is one day in the Craig Parry um, charity day, Dougie Hawkins was hitting off the sixth, I think it's the sixth or the seventh at uh, at um, Medway, and the car park's next door. <laughs> and Hawk hooked this ball uh, into the car park, and Mark was standing on the tee next to the one Dougie was hitting on. I think the first is... <coughs> and next door to the first is this I think it's the sixth. So Dougie's sitting on the sixth, Marco's sitting on the first, and Dougie hooks this thing and Marco went, oh, geez, that's not good, as it headed towards his brand spanker new BMW. Ooh. Boom. Did it, hit it? it went, yes, it did. Oh, God. Not a happy chappy. And uh, yeah. Douglas, was, Douglas only killed someone on the first, but, yeah. Uh, anyway, Brian, number three, good and bad. Oh, hello, he's gone. What happened there? I said his name and he he flaked off. Hey, Brian. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, maybe his what? phone maybe his phone ran out, uh, or maybe he ran out after his weekend with his daughter. Anything's possible. Um, I'm going to give you two good ones here, Finey. Yeah. Very easy because oh, I'm going to give you six good ones, and there's there's more than six good ones here. But I'm going to uh, concur with you. One of my top six, and this is 19th nervous breakdown. And As Tears Go By, which is beautifully done by Marianne Faithful as well. Um, Excellent, excellent song. And then uh, I'm going to throw in this one, which I really like. It's quirky. Um, It's got a really interesting lyric. I always found them a really interesting band because they did, they were slightly different to everyone else. Um, uh, I think you mentioned them last week. Uh, The Kinks. And Well Respected Man, I think, is a really, really good song Different, memorable, yeah, but really yeah. good song.
1: Really good, good song.
0: Now, I'm not sure I'm gonna, we're going to get Mannix back here because I've reckon i got a feeling his phone might have died, which means there's no point in me even trying to ring him. But if he is available, he will ring me. So let's go with your number two, good and bad.
2: My number two, bad. <clears throat> Remember that famous line in the 2005 grand final?
0: It was two thousand and five. Between again, it was West Coast and Sydney, was it?
2: Sydney and West Coast. Yep. Do you remember that famous line by Steve Quartermain?
0: Oh, um, uh, Leo Barry, you, you, beauty. No, Leo Barry, you star. You star. Yes. Well, no one's ever said Len Barry, you star,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and no one ever will. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Especially if they hear his song, Like a Baby. Yes. (laughs) They're
0: very puerile lyrics, aren't they?
2: Oh, God. I mean, in a really good chart, and it was a really good chart, he should hang his head in shame. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. And he sings, sings, I've got to say, now, we know now that gender is fluid. Yes, yes. And I reckon it was pretty fluid in this song because I'm not 100% sure somebody didn't kick him in the nuts halfway through.
0: (laughs) Len's other big song was also equally uh, as uh, salubrious with his slurry content. It was called One, Two, Three.
2: Ah, man's genius.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, All
2: right, what's your good one? Now, Len could have taken a little bit of advice from my number two good. Yes. Sounds of silence.
0: Yes, good song.
2: He would have been better off applying that to his singing career, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I think sound of, sounds of silence is a classic.
0: Oh, that's a classic. A, it's such a it's such a great song that uh, I don't think I've ever heard anyone. In, and this is just my thing. Have a crack at it and and make it sound bad. It's almost one of those songs you can't make sound bad. There's yep. a, there's yeah, a no, very good song. There's a version, a really dark version that's uh, around, I don't know how long ago it came out, but I can't remember the name of the people that do it. It might even be called Darkness or something. Um, a really sparse, um, haunting version of it, and it's brilliant. Um, it's yep. just a great song. Good. Great song. I agree with you. That's in my six as well, Sounds of Silence. And a, a little thing I found out today, which I did not know, because I was looking at the... Um, when I was trying to decide whether I would go with three bad ones or not, I looked at both the the Seekers songs because I'm not a massive Seekers fan in terms of their songs, but I've always uh, admired their musicianship and and what they did for Australian music. But Someday One Day, which is one of my more uh, favoured Seekers songs, um, Athol Guy uh, introduced it in a a show that they were on and said, when we were away in America, we met this young uh, folk, uh, songwriter called Paul Simon, and he'd written this song especially for us. We're going to do it now, and it's called "Someday One Day." Well Yeah, there so, you go. which I never knew until I saw that clip today. So, yeah, so "Sounds of Silence" is in my um, six. Uh, I'm a massive Beatles fan, so we can work it out. It's, it's, it's got to be there, but I haven't I haven't put it in because um, it's not probably their best song, but. My Generation by the Who is just such a good song. I, I couldn't, oh, yeah, could, yeah. couldn't leave that out of my calculations. What's your number one? And we apologise for not having Brian, but clearly his telephone has died um, because uh, we can't get him back on either phone or on, on the Zoom that we do it on. So give us your number one, Fanny.
2: Either he or his phone has died. Either way, they'll be back next week. <laughs> yes, yeah, correct. <laughs> um- all right. now I actually by misfortune listened to quite a few songs by this bloke this guy must be that he must be the sort of filler when I don't know when when the chart number 38 songs there must be two by this bloke he, he just to me sounds like filler like None of his songs ever resonated, but there's a lot of them. Chris Andrews, who is he?
0: Yeah, he had um, he did. Uh, now Peter Allen uh, had a hit with one of his songs. So I'm trying to think of what. Uh, yeah, he was a fairly nondescript singer, but it, you're right; he did have uh, quite a few hit hit songs.
2: Yeah, somebody's got to somebody's got to bulk up the 30s to 40s in these charts.
0: To whom it yeah. concerns is a very ordinary song.
2: Yeah. Well, this one, you know, it's a bad song when you're going through on Google. Google Play Chris Andrews, and you're gone through twelve tracks, and it still hasn't got to this piece. Of
0: shit. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> he did the more I see you from memory. Remember that it was one, a Peter? Good song. Allen? Yeah, good song, but he didn't do it. Well, the more,
2: the more that good song. The more I see. Yeah, the one Peter Allen did. Yeah. Well, there you go. But anyway, to whom it may concern, I'll I'll finish the letter. To whom it may concern, do not, under any circumstance listen to this song in full.
0: <laughs> Wise, sage words of advice from uh, Mr. Fine, and yeah. yet number one, good. I'm intrigued because there's still so many good songs left.
2: So you know, I've never, I've only ever once actually put a Beatles at number one.
0: Oh, did you know that? Well, it was. Uh, hang on, Mannix has, uh, I think, managed to get his phone. Ring. Was it come together? Well, it
2: was it was the double-sided something and… Come together, yeah. Yeah. And that was my only ever number one. Yeah. Until today.
0: Oh, you're going to thought we can work it out at number one. Yep. Yeah. My
1: apologies. Ran out of batteries.
0: Yeah, we knew that. We've been saying yeah, we that. We said that. either you died or your phone did. We were hoping it was your phone.
1: Wow, it was. But, <laughs> Hang on
0: now, Finny's just to uh, win the when the uh, the vinegar stroke here with Finney and his number I one like good. That.
2: All right, yeah. So we can work it out.
0: Yeah, very good, lovely choice. All oh Brian. Now you're gonna we're going to rip through yours because Finey has gone with bad number three. Listen, people by uh, Herman's Hermits. Number two, like a baby by Len Barry. Number one, To Whom It Concerns by Chris Andrews. Uh, and then the good, 19th Nervous Breakdown, number three, Sounds of Silence, number two, and We Can Work It Out, number one. That's a very nice triple play, that one. Uh, uh, I have gone for uh, in uh, yep. uh, Well-Respected Man by The Kinks, Sounds nice. of Silence by Simon and, uh, and, and Knucklehead. Um, and Oates. Yep. My, my Generation by The Ooh, and 19th Nervous Breakdown, and I'm going to add my other two into there, will be... Women by the Easy Beats, and Barbara Ann by the Beach
1: Boys. So they're my six. So rip through yours, Brian. Okay. Now, Kev, mm-hmm. I went through the bad ones today with Lucky Phil, and yeah. I've just got the numbers written down. Yes, so I can good. fill it in. Okay. Number 10.
0: Number 10 is No Matter What Shape by the T-Bones.
1: Oh, boring. it's boring as crap. Instrumental. No. Yeah, it's... It's music to talk over. Um, you know, <laughs> you're having a cocktail party maybe, but no, not if you just So that was terrible. Yep. Uh, you want the good or just keep us the bad for the give me minute?
0: Give me the three bads and then we'll do the three goods. Fifteen. Number fifteen, ladies and gentlemen, is Michelle by The Overlanders.
1: Why would you bother doing a cover of The Beatles and just doing exactly the same? Um yeah, I, I just thought, what, what what is the point of this? And it probably only came in, I think, Michelle was on Rubber Soul, so it's probably only about six months, 12 months old, and they're covering it already. I thought that was a very foolish move by the uh, Overlanders. Yep, no, good point. And uh, number 26, Kev.
0: 26? It can't be 26.
1: Yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to see. Phil's handwriting is not too good. Oh. What's 26? 20-
0: 26 yeah, is Keep On Running by the Spencer Davis
1: Group. No, it's not that. There no, must it's be not 28.
0: 20, 28. 20, 28 is My World is Empty Without You by the Supremes. My world is empty. Nah, without, can't be that. It's 20. It, okay, I'll go through the 20s. The 20s, right. Someday, One Day by the Seekers. You won't be that. We can work it out. But the Beatles won't be that. To whom it concerns, number 22 by Chris Andrews. That's one fine he's got in there. 23, Well Respected Man by the Kinks. Good show. 24, Carnival is Over by the Seekers. 25, Puppet on a String by Your Mate Elvis. Yep. 26, Keep on Running. 27, Tell Him I'm Not Home by Normie Rowe. Mm. Can't be your mate, Normie. 28, Well, Yep. (laughs) My world is empty with that year by the Supremes. 29, is You're the One
1: by Pachula Clark. Let's go with that. Yeah, it's pretty ordinary. What's Petula up to when she's thinking about that. There, you go. And my good, um, okay, none of you have picked it, but it, and it's probably not that well recorded, but gee whiz, it was popular. And I'm going to go for the Seekers Carnival is over. There's number three good.
0: Yes.
1: Which, um, and then number two good is going to be Elvis. Puppet on a String. I just love that song. I play it all the time.
0: Now, how does that one go? I didn't uh, listen to it. Do, 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 do.
1: I become a puppet on a string. You, I can't even sing today. You can do most anything with me. It's okay. sweet.
0: I, In my head, I've got the bloody Sandy Shaw song going in my head, but that wasn't until 1968.
1: No, nah, it's not like a puppet uh, on said, a string. Yeah, it's that, that one. Yeah, no. No, nah, yeah. that's... And number one, you've both picked it as your number two, Sounds of Silence by Simon and Oates. Yep. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: or oh, Garfunkel, sorry, my
0: yes, mistake. Yes, we can get them. They're so easy to confuse John Oates and Art Garfunkel. Their voices are so
1: similar. Have you, have you seen the episode of The Simpsons where um, Lisa, there's a girl that's smarter than Lisa? And she has this nightmare that she's in the second best band, and it's Yar Oats and all of the second bananas. <laughs> yeah. Very good.
0: Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right, boys. That's uh, that's it. Thank you so much for your time and your uh, and your thoughts on uh, that whole listening thing. Were fascinating and finally, thanks for talking about uh, the whole SEN thing as well. Really appreciate it.
2: No, right. Now, just Brian mentioned a cocktail party there before. Do you like a cocktail? Bron.
1: Well, I like the one about the lesbian and the vicar. But um.
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's when you go out with a girl and you say, "Do you like a cocktail?" And they go, "Yes." And I say, "Once upon a time, there was this
0: penis." (laughs) Yeah. How how did that work? Did that work well for you? Finally, did it in your courting days? The girls didn't like it, but the (laughs) bloke enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, goodness me. All right. Yeah. Thank you, boys. Have a lovely, lovely week, and uh, we shall talk again soon. The new Life of Brian is out as well. Uh, check that out with uh, the part two of our Donny Most interview, Ralph Melf, and also- Yay. Tony Burroughs, the man who's a voice on so many songs in England like uh, Love Grows Where Rosemary Goes, uh, Beach Baby by First Class, uh, My Baby Loves and he, he was a session singer who he did backing vocals on Tiny Dancer, but he's a really good fella.
1: So that's and let's it. not forget his concept album, Yoko's Pussy. <laughs>
0: Shut up, Brian. <laughs> Serious. Is your battery... <laughs> who was the bright spark who gave you a lead to recharge your battery? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, recharge yourself while you're at it before, before next week, will you?
1: Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, I'm going to go gonna... to uh, bed early. Okay, I'll do that. I can't to bed early because I need
0: to voice voice going on now. <laughs>
1: Listen
0: to me. I need to voice voice count on. I'm sorry. I feel tired. I'm tired. I'm tired.
1: In the words of Buzz Lightyear... You're mocking me,
0: aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. See you, Fanny. Take care, mate. See you, Brian. See you, Mark. See you, you Kev. Bye, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.